Welcome to the Morphtastic Podcast. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the episode. We've got uh, Lee Vider here from Biddy's Pets, a good friend of ours. Uh, we're going to be asking him some questions, sort of an interview, hearing about his side of the hobby and how long. What's it been, 20 plus years, Lee? You've been doing work yeah, with animals? 20. Yeah, nearly 30 years. In a couple, yeah, a couple of years or 30 years, yeah. Brilliant, brilliant. So to get this started, how did it all start, Lee? Uh, what made you come into reptiles, into the scene? How did it all start, really? Yeah, well, I was um, always had family pets as a youngster and then um I was 13 and I started work experience and I was lucky enough that I was accepted by a very small zoo mm. um and it just went on from there <laughs> my first job was at the same zoo um I volunteered every weekend after my first um work experience I was there every weekend yeah. couldn't get enough and then when I left school, I uh, carried on with college and stuff and started work there at the same time. And yeah. it just flourished from there. Yeah. And first off, it was the primates where I got into it. I wanted to work with primates and study primates. And then um, you have to have a six-month break before you can work with primates. So I was shoved in a reptile house. <laughs> and it was always part of my... My thing, I never stopped working in a reptile house after that. Yeah. It was yeah. always the primates, my otters, my meerkats, my mongoose, and my reptile house. Yeah. And by the time I was 18, I was head reptile keeper. Jesus. So, so yeah. he's obviously good at what you did for them. Yeah, to, yeah. That's quite young. That's quite young to be put put in charge or something like that. Do you know what I mean? That's so. Yeah. It was me and the other head reptile keeper, Paul, who'd been there in many years and then just. The people that would come and join us and help, really. Yeah. But yeah, we were the two head reptile keepers, and yeah, just an honour, an absolute yeah. honour. As to it, would you say being a keeper, a zookeeper, in a way, um, it, did that sort of help you come into what you're doing now? Obviously, you it's a bit. We all, all of us in the hobby, share the same, you know, love for pets. We're all sort of same. We all started off, you know, looking in the garden, digging up for snails and worms. Yeah. So we all started like that. We all had yeah. that in common. That's just the sort of people we are. But would you say the zookeeping? I'm pretty sure with the zookeeping, there's things you took from that that you do now. Yeah, makes definitely. sense. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um even down to how, like you say, how I keep my animals, mm. you know, it's um, some of the things rub off, like, you know, 99% of my geckos are all lived in. It's, yeah. You know, just how I've always done it. You know, yeah. back then, we, if we were, if it weren't on display, our, all our backstage stuff was all in vivariums. Gotcha. So, you know, and the stuff just rubs off and I never... As you know, we spoke about it many times. I never kicked off. I never quite took off with the rack system with my mm. gecko. As soon as I put them back in the vivariums, it just it was just what I'm used to. Yeah, it's, you know, it, it does. It rubs off very much, very much. Yeah. Well, what but, I've um, noticed with um, go, uh, it, it's probably something. This will probably be people listen to this would be like, oh, is that right? But for example, if I go to like London Zoo. Yeah, and if I go and look at the, uh, I'm, I'm, I I love London Zoo. I think what they do is amazing. I know a lot of zoos get you know bad you know 
feedback and stuff are you keeping out but without zoos a lot of endangered stuff would be endangered do you know what i mean like zoos do bring a lot back and like especially london zoo i know they bring a lot of animals in get them up to help and introduce them back into the wild and stuff and i love that sort of stuff but what without without zoos without zoos there wouldn't be us it's, yeah. it's, it's pretty simple yeah. you know we wouldn't we wouldn't have a base to have started importing animals back in the 30s 40s 50s yeah. um you know, the conservation side of things, we would never, you can complain, but with what's going on in the world, without these zoos in the future, we're going to need them. Everyone's going to need them. They're like sanctuaries. And projects. Yeah. You know, we're going to yeah. need them. 100%. And it's been a long time coming. And, and, and let me tell you, still from people I talk to, zoos, zoos are very much open to the idea of this as well they love conservation work and reintroducing stuff they love it yeah it's been happening in borneo for years now yeah uh, totally so, the sanctuary in borneo you yeah know, it's, it's a lot of work that goes in that we don't see it's like um a lot of people don't know that london zoo actually opened because of back in so many years ago the medieval time when the king used to they used to yeah. gift like it, it, the king of india might come to the uk and go we bought you yeah. a uh, giraffe and it, the yeah. king had yeah. so had so many animals that they thought well we're gonna have to we're gonna have to make a, a zoo here something to keep them all in yeah. but it, what the zoo the zoo keeping stuff this, this was a big thing i wanted to ask yeah. because of a lot of it like i say people are oh, i've gone to the zoo and I, i'm not too happy of how they've been kept but what i want to ask you and this is something you could probably explain to us like if I go to a zoo and I see the reptile section, the reptile section in London Zoo is amazing, phenomenal. Yeah. If I go over to the leopard geckos, and this is something that is screamed about in the hobby, if I go over to the leopard geckos, you'll see about five, six of them together. Yeah. And they all yeah. look fine. I understand that they're in a big vib and stuff like that. I wanted to know what your input in that is. I mean, I, I wouldn't put three leopard geckos in a 32-litre tub like we do not what, what, how the tubs we keep but when you've got a, a big setup with rocks you, you're talking a hundred a hundred like caves there's a there's a burrowing system underground you know yeah. you've got multiple bowls and food sources and you know yeah. you've got water fountains for their drinking this is why they are doing well so i wanted to i wanted to ask what your opinion that's is the key. on that's the key of that's space. the key right there is 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 the effort they put into making sure there's always enough space for these animals to avoid each other physically um, from eye contact as well, because sometimes dominance can kick off just from eye contact. And, you know, there's probably only one male in there, but there's yeah. still multiple females. And it'll be between the females that the hierarchy will be going on. Yeah. They'll, they'll fight for each other with over caves and stuff, but, you know, they can get away from each other. Yeah, the dominant one will push the the younger one out. If there's nowhere for them to go, then they will fight. Yeah, I split my I split all my geckos up. Unless it's breeding season, they won't see each other. Yeah, but it's it's the perfect setup for a zoo. It really mm. is. It, it stimulates the wild to the best of its ability without yeah. their also on the other side of it without there never being anything to see in there. You know, this yeah. is they also have. Uh, a job to do in the sense of there must be something to see you know 
and still you go to zoos and sometimes there's nothing to see <laughs> yeah 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 you sit there for ages and you're looking into corner thinking but, where the hell is that snake <laughs> you're there for a good 10 minutes thinking yeah there's not a snake in there, but there is. <laughs> but yeah, like you said, with the dominance thing, that's a good thing. Uh, things with I've done my own sort of research in the past. I used to have a Ron Tremper take on how I used to keep geckos probably five years ago with the three females and the male. Yeah. And I do find that it's either you will get one dominant, one dominant female. It's yep. either it's whether the other females are going to tolerate that or not. Because I always find I had a small group, <laughs> and they all knew this one girl was the boss. But yeah. that group yeah. that that group worked. Yeah. I could have kept yeah. them together if I wanted to, but I haven't. Yeah. Now. I've got the space, and I've had yeah. other groups where you got two females are like, "No, I'm dominant," and the other one's like, "No, I'm dominant," and then it's just constant fight. They're a lot smarter than we make them out to be. They are a lot smarter yeah. than we make them out to be. Yeah. Um, I just found that really interesting. Is that something you've seen as well? It's the, do they selectively choose? They go, right, these are gone. And they're saying that, like you just said, space is a big thing. These geckos, if they do have a ruck, they can run away. They can go and hide. Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. With these small spaces we have them in, if they're if one of them's not happy, where do they go? Yeah. Back in that yeah, one exactly. cave they both share. <laughs> do you know what yeah, I mean? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. To, you know, to pull it off, it has to be quite an expansive space, you know, just to be able to have the amount of caves it takes. But going back to the dominance thing, I've seen it multiple times. We, back in the day, and I'm I'm going back to when we used to breed multiple normals because there weren't much else around when it comes to morphs or, you know, genetics other than normals. And we'd have blue bins that would slide under our, in our reptile house out the back. And they'd be, they were like five foot long by about two foot wide. And it'd have one male in and anything up to five, six, seven females. Because remember at the time, we're going back 20 plus years. Yeah. And we're all still learning as well at the time. And, you know, like you say, we're going off of articles and uh, books that we're reading from people like Ron. Thank God for Ron, you know, yeah. great great but you know we would regularly see a dominant female like and it it would be the other females would just be i think it would be not just always size i think it's about their character as well if that's female is a, a tetchy female and the others are quite laid back yeah they're just going to be like you know, let's yeah, let's she... avoid her when she's losing it she, and she will become the dominant one she'll push them out of caves and but that's the key to the, as you say, the multiple caves, the multiple food bowls and everything yeah. else. You, you have to go that way. Multiple heat sources. Yeah. It's like everything's yeah. times three, four, five. So yeah. that's why yeah. it is able to, to work. With things like um, monitors and stuff like that, is it different with... I know you like a monitor. I've had to. I've, I've had. To, I remember yeah. you saying to me, you said, "George, if I if I had <laughs> if I had space, I had my own zoo. I would have the dinosaurs in there." You like yeah, you like all I love monitors. But you always said I love my I love monitors. Yeah. Specifically my rock monitors. Love them. Yeah. Love them. Yeah. Um again, I've 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 seen it multiple times in zoos where you can keep groups of them. Yeah. They 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 will they instead of using their mouth, I always found monitor lizards will would rather use their tail than exert energy in 
tearing anything up other than it's prey and it's food. You know, they've, they've got to have a real dislike for each other to, you know, or yeah. their dominance again would clash and it would be, uh, this is my space and I'm not leaving it. So I'll <laughs> fight for it. Yeah. But it's a very, very rare thing that happens. And again, I've never witnessed it where it's caused horrific damage. Yeah. They're, you know, their skin's like armor. Monitors. Mm. The monitors I worked with, especially the rock monitors, like armors, like like an armored suit, absolutely fantastic. Yeah. And usually fine, even as a zookeeper being around them all the time, you're, if you're there to react, it's usually finished before you can open the door and get in the enclosure. Mm, yeah. But again, even breeding, it's like, it's all structured dominance. Do you know what I mean? It's all, you can watch it and know there's not an issue, you know? Yeah. And and again, monitors are super smart animals. They're like dogs, I've been told. <laughs> They're like dogs. They will play you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My, my, um, my boss monitors, my rock monitors, they were just Savannah monitors. They were, um, they were just like, yeah, they were like having a Yorkshire Terrier or something. No, yeah. No different, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Train them, absolutely fantastic animals. The good thing as well with obviously working in the zoo and stuff is you've got all these other people around you with their opinions. So yeah. it, that's something we lack in the hobby. We had, we lack having, it's really nice to have a small group of friends, for example. So yeah. if you, with the zookeeping, if you guys, you've got, I'm assuming you guys get together and you'll say, right, we think this female will work well here. And you've got a group of you with a fast yeah. knowledge in that as well. With um, like the breeding side of things in the zookeeping, I know this is going back it's probably a, quite a while. I was probably pooing in a nappy when you was in the zoo. Was in the zoo. <laughs> um, did they use things like racking systems and things? I know you said you used yeah. to use like a big bin. Was that like their racking system? Do you use like racks and things like that? Yeah, no, there, there, there was big racks. Yeah, there was like back in the day they were huge. Like especially mm. for like we had a couple of burn projects and stuff like that. <clears throat> And they were like huge pull-out bins. They're like they look like small tubs. They were like this this wide. Yeah. But like eight foot long, nine foot long by like four, five foot. <laughs> depth, you know I mean? Again, you'd only keep one snake in there outside of breeding season, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Breeding season, you'd put a mow in. But um, yeah, they, there was they were very, very expensive back then because it was usually all homemade how handmade or you know like a zoo you do usually have like you'd hire someone and you'd be like just can you build this design for me and then we'd slide our bins in it Got that you. Would but um and you could buy like the big builder bins you build your racks around a big like they'd mix like they were like tubs like this and they're really long and they're like paddling pool tubs some of them or you could get some stuff in over from Europe sometimes back in the day and America, if you were lucky enough. And they'd have like a perspex panel in them as well. So you had like a, a window oh, to see. Okay. In. So it was literally yeah. like a setup. Yeah. 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 The, the truth with tubs and stuff is it's, it's just the easiness of cleaning them out and everything. So if yeah. you were able to get them with a glass screen in them, I've seen some racks now nowadays that like they've got UV and stuff in it. It's crazy yeah. how you yeah. see like, the, how racks are. Like, they're just they're just as good as the variums now. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, it's good to think back then, all that time, it, it, they were still providing that. Because I'm a young guy, so when someone says to me, explain what you think a zoo will be in 20, 20 years ago, I think they probably got them all running around together in the back. Because <laughs> that's what we don't see. We don't see what goes on at the back. Do you know what I mean? So no. it's always it's always nice no. to hear. And also, I've spoken to you many times. It's probably things you've picked up in the zookeeping days because of, you know, you see all these chemicals and stuff. Let's say, for example, you've got mites on an animal or a snake yeah. or something. Yeah. You know, you 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 Google it, and there's so many different brands and stuff like that. Um, but it's, there, there's home remedies that yeah. you probably learnt from the zoo days. Yeah, yeah. That that you've yeah. probably took it on into your own collection now, and it's worked for you. Yeah, without a doubt, without a doubt, I I um I have and and have consistently worked for me over the years. Yeah. Um, you know, thankfully, I'm a big believer. In mm. quarantining every animal that you buy, regardless who you buy it from, you know, unless yeah. unless it's someone like us, I know your collection, I know Jay's gotcha. collection, yeah, you know, I know, I know, I've seen your collection, it's immaculate, yeah, you know, yeah. so I know because we're personal, it's I can I can trust that, so I know a couple of weeks in quarantine, then it can move into my yeah my room. Anyone outside of that circle that you don't know and you don't trust, or you you ain't got access to seeing their collection on the regular, you should do a long quarantining system. That's that's one thing I picked up from the zoo. And yeah. if, you, if you can do that, you can halt it straight away, especially if you can keep that animal in a different room. Let's say you're, you've got, you do it in your own house, like most mm -hmm. of us do. You you must do it and take it to a different room. It's only one, two, three animals. You know, you put them in tubs for a short period most of the time. You know, if there's a problem, you can nip it in the butt because it's in that room. It's only going to stay with either that one animal or within that quarantine section, yeah. you know, yeah. away from your main collection. That's something we you should know? all be, something we should all be doing a lot more. Like I, yeah. I know you, I've known, I've known Lee was, we were just talking, Lee was, Lee's probably one of the main reasons why I do what I do because of, I remember... I was on Facebook and I think I, I put a post that I said uh, I saw something called a rainwater and I was like, oh, it was the name. When, you, when you're when you're new, when you see something like a name, you thought, oh, that sounds nice and it looks nice. I want it. Yeah. And I uh, yeah. I put a post that has anyone got any uh, rainwaters for sale? And uh, I was just I just got a load of grief. Uh, you don't know what you're doing. This is this was at a time I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. And I remember you popped up as like, look, mate, ignore all that. If you ever need advice, you can always pop up to me. I also like my rainwaters. Yeah. And ever since then, we've just been mates. So I, yeah. I've known you, I've put it this way, your daughter's in secondary school. When I when I first met yeah. her, she was like a baby pretty much. Was yeah, she? yeah. How old is yeah. she now? She's nearly 12 now. 12. So I've known you six, seven years. So yeah, that's crazy. That's... Yeah. So yeah. I've, I've picked up animals with you. So what, what I was getting at, sometimes I get a bit, a bit off track. I've picked up animals with you. And there's one thing I know is doesn't, you like you said, as long as it's like, if I buy a gecko from Jay, I go around Jay's all the time. I see his collection. I know, I know yeah. his, what he does. I know how he cleans out. I know he, you know, disinfects his tongs and stuff like that. So I, I the, the quarantine inside of things, I might not have to do as long as somebody I don't know. But one thing I know with you, Lee, is you always quarantine. And it's something that always should be done because of if there is yep. an issue, you can nip it in the bud straight away. 
straight yeah. away. You could with geckos. Yeah. The first one we sort of keep an eye out is for is the is the stalls. If the stalls yeah. runny and yeah. stuff like that, you, well, it could be something like parasites. It could be some other underlying yeah. issue. So that's something you can nip in the bud, and it's something that should be done a lot more. A lot of the yeah. time, when people's collections fail, it's probably due to someone getting an animal. Whacking it in, it could be something simple like you, you bought a male, you paired it to three yeah. females, and you didn't know that male's got pinworms. The next thing you know, pinworms are everywhere. So yeah. that's yeah. one thing I will yeah. say about what you do. And as I, I know of all your animals, you've had yeah. the whole time I've known you, Leos, Cresties, Royals, you've had a whole ton of fish. You always stick to your quarantine, and your tubs are immaculate, mate. <laughs> Thank you, mate. Thank you. Well, you know, like I, I, I I'm a big believer in what people say about, oh, you know, scent in their tubs. We've done that's with geckos as well. I've seen geckos scent their tubs. They mm. rub over everything. Males will rub over everything. Yeah. Um, and the same with pythons. They'll do the same. They'll scent their tub, whether it's with urites or feces, whatever way they'll scent their tubs. But don't give you an excuse to keep them dirty. Mm. We, we don't give their sensory systems, and again, this is stuff I've studied from the zoo, we don't give their sensory systems enough respect. Yeah. they You can clean it, and they can still smell themselves. Gotcha, yeah. So, you know, as long as it's clean, you'll be good. You can carry on, you know. Sometimes cleansiness is used, or scenting is used, keeping something is used for an excuse not to clean stuff, I think. Mm, and, yeah. Um, that's why I like to one of the main reasons why I like to bronchine because you never know how someone 100% is unless you're really close with certain breeders, you know? Yeah. And as I would say, you know, always be open, always be open. And then mm. that way, even if you are sending something, someone knows, oh yeah, all right, I will stick that in quarantine. Yeah. Cause you know, that's not my way, but I'll stick it in quarantine, you know? And then mm. there's never none of them wretched surprises especially with yeah. the new people that come into the hobby that get so excited they don't quarantine and yeah. as you say someone just grabs hold of their collection and flies through you know yeah. I've, I've seen it with everything like you say from fish to insects to geckos to i've seen snake collections go down you know it's, mm. it's, i'll tell you something crazy mate is my 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 dad has a 700 liter saltwater marine tank the guy has spent thousands upon thousands upon thousands oh, yeah. it's built in the raw it's but it's built in the wall it's beautiful yeah. all the corals torch corals yeah, I've, I've seen all the yeah hammerheads yes yeah, it yeah one year he um he bought a load of hermit crabs something simple it's something like hermit crabs from an online oh, yeah. store and um it was like a, it was like a one-off for him he just thought i'm i'm gonna whack him. it was like they've been in transport they're freezing cold i'm just gonna whack him in the tank uh, a few days later, all, all these polyps are falling off the rock. He's thinking, what the, heck, what the hell's going on here? Um, all the fish were uh, sort of like, all right. Um, anyway, it was something they treated, something they put in the water that killed like a parasite that was in invertebrates. Right, and yeah. what that done is it just bleached every, all, all corals, all everything corals, was bleached. Yeah. Everything yeah. was bleached, and it, it, again, it was something simple. If he would have got that bag of hermit crabs and put them over in in, in the sink with a net and just poured the water out and then poured the crabs in, it would have been fine. Yeah, it's something as yeah. simple as that. It's like going back to reptiles. Uh, there's a podcast called Strength in Leo's, and he just done a recent 
yeah. with about yeah, I know. my bad uh, about um, what was it crypto, and yeah. it was basically all reptiles or geckos. Well, they'll talk about leopard geckos in Pacific. All leopard geckos have crypto. It just pops up when they're stressed or yeah. if they're over in like for example if you've got a mealworm that crawls out of its bowl this is why i always say to people try and have mealworm proof bowls or tongue feed or don't have your mealworms running around your tubs because what they do is they eat the shit and then yeah. that gecko eats that mealworm and it's constantly yeah. filling, yeah. putting the bad stuff back into it that's what that's what normally causes the main yeah. parasite issues is you know, constantly digestion because we all got parasites. Every every reptile has parasites. Every reptile has parasites. One thing, that's why outside of bioactive, and I have a bioactive behind me, I will not use anything other, especially with insect eaters, than springtails for cleanup mm. to help, or at least help. Because springtails, they're not interested in eating, especially the yeah. leos. It's not sustainable for them. They, they won't mm. even touch the springtail. I won't put no isopods in there because if they start eating it, again, the crypto can spread via them heat eating the feces from the gecko and i yeah. just refuse to to do the whole cleanup crew thing i'd rather be i am the cleanup crew yeah yeah <laughs> that's why I, you know, i'm the cleanup crew that's yeah. my duty to these animals that i've spent so many years and time in to give them is the best yeah. health i can you know yeah. that that's my duty to these animals is to treat them with the respect they deserve so I like what you just said there. Something I didn't actually really think about because if I've had bioactives with um, isopods and the the gecko, like the crested gecko or something, they will eat the isopod. And this is something yeah. we don't think about. And it's like, and you also had that side with the bioactive that um, if a gecko goes to the toilet in a bioactive in the soil, even if you spot clean it, all that stuff will go into the soil and stuff like that. So I, I'm not knowledgeable enough in bio. Will the cleanup crew, let's say a, leopard, a, a crested gecko is full of worms and it goes to the toilet, you spot clean it and all the juices go into the soil. Will the cleanup crew get rid of that? Or would in that... In my opinion, no, not every no. single bit. Yeah. No, not every single bit. It, it's, it, it, it's impossible. Possible, yeah. It will... It will, it will biodegrade over a time yeah but before it biodegrades how do we know it's not getting back into our animal system somehow yeah that's my question on it that's all you know some stuff they don't catch the cleanup crews is sitting around and like i say if it's even if another insect walks through it and it eats that insect it's still yeah. going back into our, our our animal's gut before it it, it degrades into the soil you yeah know? That's, uh, that's I, I, I see it a lot. I'm not, uh, you know, I'm always somebody, if something works for you, then it don't fix something that's not broken. But we are seeing a lot more, you know, racking systems that are bio with leopard geckos. Yeah. And I, me personally, when I see a bio rack, I think, so, I just think it, it had a quarantine. Like, with, 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 with my clean my gecko, I take two paper towels out, dash them, you know, F10, Clean them up, yeah. lovely. With a yeah. bio, especially with leopard geckos, because leopard geckos are pretty pronounced for getting parasites. Out of all the, out of all yeah. the reptiles, leopard gecko. I know snakes tend to get mics. You know, cresties are known for worms, but leopard geckos well, are the ones that are quite because they're insect eaters. That's it's, why yeah. it, most insects carry some sort of bacteria, parasite. parasite in in their gut. 
It's just whether or not it's a a good or a bad parasite that's that our gecko can or cannot break down. Mm. Hence, will it live in its gut or not? Basically, if it if it lives in its gut, there's the possibility of a later date it will be detrimental to our gecko. Yeah, yeah. That's the only that's the only thing with the bite. I, I think they look great. Uh, you know. I'm all they for people doing, yeah. I'm all for people doing things better, people making things naturalistic. I mean, really, we should, really, we should have all our geckos and vibs and looking naturalistic. But from a from a as a big breeder scale, anything sort of over ten plus, you know, breeders. I just that's just one thing that gets me. I think to myself, how do you do? You know what I mean? How how do you keep on top of that? That is the one. That is the one thing for me. Cresties, I've never ever. I've, when I've had cresties and bios for me, I've never ever ever ever, ever had an issue. Uh, maybe because they tend to stay a little bit higher. They're not going around all the. But hey, I'm not knocking anybody. But I just that's the one thing. That's the one thing I think to myself. But then it goes back down to the zoos. It's nat. It's natural. This is what they do. So, you know, yeah. it's that argument. Um, but yeah, so but it's very rare. It's very rare in a zoo that you'll see a cleanup crew running around. Oh really? That's a unless surprise. It's, unless it's unless it's something like a, an amphibian enclosure, you might mm. see the odd cleanup crew in the amphibian enclosure because it's so damp. The, yeah. the biodegrading will speed up quicker. But it's um in 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 like leopard gecko enclosures, you won't you won't see cleanup crews in there. Mm. Because That's... again, the zookeepers are like myself, they've got it in the head. We're we're here to clean up. Yeah. Yeah. And I notice as well when they the zookeepers as well as they they tend to try and keep things as naturalistic as possible, which is great. Um it's like even with feeding. I, I've I've been in London Zoo and I've watched a guy come around with a bucket of crickets and he's just going, there's yours. Because yeah. they want they want them to hunt. Like I've got some geckos yeah. that won't hunt anymore. And that sounds yeah. silly. Like, they won't yeah. hunt. I'll get a tongue with it on. It go. Ooh. Yeah. But but yeah. I, I throw a cricket in its tub. It's it's the, the, the gecko like looking at the cricket like what are you doing in here? Do you know what I mean? So it's 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 yeah it's, it's natural behaviour. Natural behaviour. Yeah. Yeah. Some some of them like you say they you know we don't give them enough credit. Some of them learn learn for instance. Sorry, one second. Blue, they can see blue. Really? My my some of my geckos. Well, some of my geckos when they see these tongs, they or my red or tongue. my black tongs. Yeah, especially the, the black tongs because the black tongs I use with the geckos. So when they see that, they'll know. So it's like the the dinner hall bell going. Yeah, yeah that's that's crazy. Would you say that's the same with your snakes though? <laughs> Especially when I kick them. Sorry. Mm. Would you would you say your snakes are they the same with that? Because I know they. It's always it's believed that snakes when they see they can just see heat in a way. If you had your tongs with geckos, is it the same, or do they go through other things like they they probably pick up the sound? Yeah, yeah, geckos geckos can hear the sound. Obviously, snakes ain't got the the ears. Yes. They're all um. Vibrations. Our, our leopard geckos have got better eyesight than us. Right. That's you know. I, well, I, you I, anyway. Pretty, <laughs> I, yeah. Then, <laughs> then me, yeah. <laughs> and I'm sure that's proven as well. I'm sure it's like 
I don't know, a hundred times better than ours or something mm. like that. It's crazy. It's really because you know you've got to think they've got to zone in on an insect from possibly a distance most of the time, and then you'll see some geckos sometimes when they see the the a locust, for instance, they'll they just they move different. Mm. It's like seeing a big cat in the grass. They'll get down. They'll get yes. low and they'll move. Yeah, the geckos. You'll see the geckos. They'll move different. They'll they'll body. They'll twitch. They'll side. They'll, they'll they'll zone in on it and then they start moving yeah. very different how they normally would yeah you how how you've explained it with the cat is spot on because they sort of drop to the floor don't they yeah. sometimes they they'll put the, the sometimes the, yeah sometimes the they'll, put the, they'll put a towel yeah 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 to the locust come to me come to me yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i know exactly what you mean anyway Going into your breeding stuff, obviously, I know I knew you when I first got into this for leopard geckos. So it'd be nice to hear more like how you got into leopard geckos. Uh, like I know you're a rainwater man. You've always said to me, "I love my." Or, I've always been, "I love my rainwaters." So it'd be nice to hear more about you, like sort of how you got into geckos. You might have just fell into it like me, and more about your talk more about your sort of your rainwater projects because of your yeah. you're full of knowledge, mate. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Um, and, and you know what? I just try to, like yourself, I like to share. You know, I yeah. like to share. If someone's like you, I just like to share. But with the geckos, it, um, again, it started with a zoo. Mm. Um, so we didn't really, after I started, our display up front sort of drop, dropped off for another, another species. So we moved it into our breeding facilities. And, you know, I, the, these bins were so big our females stayed together most of the time and we would just put the males in in and out mm. and you know they'd have their own enclosures and we'd change them around through the breeding season and i was just fascinated with them always just fascinated with leopard gecko especially the the original leopard gecko morph you know the normal as you yep. would say the wild type um i just love it i just think it it it, it looked beautiful their their little their little little characteristics their smiles yeah especially as a youngster i just loved it you know it was just and they were so vibrant you know if you get that normal that is just with them saturated yellows under it and the whites and then the big dark black dots it's 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 a stunning animal and as as a youngster in my early teens i i had a group into my 20s in my, at my home you know that I kept and it's, it just went from there and then when yeah. the morphs really started taking off and I started pulling away from working with either zoos or big industries like a pet shop or wholesalers I um I started to look at these morphs and look into them and you know because I knew all about the basic genetics and mm. what everyone calls codons, incomplete dominance, did the same thing. Um, recessives, you know, dominant genes. I, I knew all the basics of it, but as I got into my late teens, 20s, all these morphs were popping up. <laughs> and, and in the ball python world as well. And it was like, you know, just outstanding. Yeah. And then um, and then the rainwater gene, which was first introduced to me as the Las Vegas gene. Mm. Um, if I remember rightly, I'm sure it was first named as the Las Vegas gene, and I just fell in love with it. Yeah. It was it was a bit different to the Trempers, you know. The radars turned up, and 
they're stunning. But it was just different. It it just sat different with me, the Rainwall mm. one. And, you know, I, I'm lucky enough that I, I've got this line and it's, I, I like it. It's a little, I call it the cute line because they're tiny. The whole line is <laughs> tiny. And, you know, I've got, I've got an old Tremper. He's 14 now, 13, 14 years old now. Bloody and hell. He, yeah, he looks like something out of Steptoe and Son now, though. He's so old. <laughs> <laughs> the only animal in this house that probably looks worse than me yeah (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, i i just just love rainwaters i just think that they're just stunning and i love this line that i've got how small they stay yeah but do you You find i i haven't worked with rainwater massively i've only ever had one season and i've realized it's not quite for me rainwater yeah. still absolutely stunning still absolutely beautiful and i admire them I will, especially i will be totally honest when you're breeding rainwaters you have to have great patience yes this is exactly what i was gonna I was gonna say to you is they and, tend to stay small and they they do have i wouldn't say they have difficulties breeding but it seems to be a bit of a problem with the eggs developing not yes. developing eggs but like producing eggs numbers you'll yeah. you'll see someone they've got there's so many lines of rainwaters now after the, the rainwater game is amazing some of the, the colors yeah. people are finally getting into them even yourself you're starting yeah. to get these you know uh, violet colors coming in yeah um yeah. but you do see i've got one egg this season from her i've got two eggs from yeah. her rainwater. do you know you don't ever yeah. really you i'm not saying you there think, isn't i'm pretty I've sure been, there is I've been honest with you over the years. That's that's happened to me on multiple occasions. Yeah. And, you know, for a really heartbreaking learning curve, I've lost females as well. Mm. You know, you 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 hit the whole two-year period and there's some females that I've had that have never got over, you know, 48 grams. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, know, a, that's a good size for a rainwater. Yeah, I was going to say, in this line of rainwaters, that's a fantastic size female, mm. you know. And... For me, I, I like to breed them, my females, as, as we've spoke about before in the past, closer to the three-year age gap. Yeah. And I find that they, they just seem a lot more weathered. And, you know, they're a lot more able just to, to go through it. You know, you've you've done your due diligence as a breeder and you've you've fed them right, you've bought them up right. And it's just, they seem just to handle the yeah. whole process of breeding. They've matured. Yeah. And it's not even the actual breeding. The breeding, they deal with it like any other female leopard gecko. It's literally just the whole egg laying because the eggs ain't a different size. You know, most of the time they're 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 a little bit smaller. My line, this line of they're they're a little bit smaller than the Tremper eggs I've had in the past. Yeah, yeah. But they're normal size for what the baby comes out of them. And it's just sometimes I just think the the females where everything else is also on the smaller size, or their organs are on the smaller size. You know, it's just hard for some of the females. So you do, as a breeder as well, you have to be very selective Mm. on what females you choose to breed. Um, You know, and, and, and again, this all goes back to making sure your incubators on point and stuff like that. You know, you, you, you've, you've got to give these animals that we're all breeding, you've got to give them the best, best start and that that starts in the incubator when you put them eggs first in that incubator we are duty bound to make sure that temperature is what them eggs need to be yeah within within that range that we 
we all use, you know. Yeah. Also, the uh, the feed, the, even feeding your females is the getting that calcium and calcium in yeah. them and stuff like that. Like, yeah. I, I I I always say this because I get people that said, oh, I've, I've, I don't know why, but I've I've hatched a gecko with um, MBD. It's not normally because of you haven't supplemented that animal, but I've always find the last eggs of the season, it's like the female has used the last of her calcium. I was going to say, I bet you it's the last eggs of the season. And that egg is the last, her very last reserves. And then unfortunately the baby has suffered from it. I don't know whether you've experienced that, but I've definitely, I've definitely experienced that, especially with the numbers I I have. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I know people that have, I haven't experienced that. I've experienced similar things where it's the last eggs of the season and there's, as much calcium as you put in these females, so there's just not enough calcium to solidify the shell on them eggs. And it's just yeah. like, it's like there's pink patches missing in it and it, mm. it just never goes full term or yeah. the baby dies or, you know, drowns in the egg, however, whatever happens, you know, very late on. So, mm. you know, the egg ends up going bad essentially. But um, yeah, I'll, I have, especially with the last, the last of the eggs, do you know what I mean? But yeah. I'd rather my female lay a crappy egg then her put everything into that last egg and it affects her health affects her yeah that i always look at it that side yeah you always got to think about your breeders a lot of people don't think about their breeders people are just want to make just want to make sure no you want your female first and foremost it's the breed yeah Yeah, you you want you get the worst the worst case if you get a crappy egg from her and it's fertile you can freeze it you, your your, yeah. your females alive. That that egg is yeah. just an embryo. It's not a living. Yeah. That's what I try yeah. and say to people. It, it hasn't got. A, it's got a heartbeat, but it hasn't got feelings. Hasn't got anything yet. So you can freeze that egg, and then that that, that there's no harm done. Nothing. Look after your female, poor girl. Yeah. Yeah. You know I mean, Maybe. it's like. Go on, Nick. Go on, Lee. No, it's, I I agree with you. you yeah. Know, it, yeah. It all starts, you know your 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 eggs. You can ask for all the eggs in the world, but they may go bad, and after thirty days. Yeah, yeah. They may go bad after two days. They may go bad the day before they're supposed to hatch. hatch. In your book. Yeah, yeah. I always find now moment... over the years, I can sort of tell when they're going to go bad. They go like a, they're like they'll be they'll be absolutely fine, like structure wise. I just I start seeing like a pink, like a pink, like a like on the shell, and I'm like, that's not going to live. Yeah. You can sort of, t- yeah. I can tell now, and they start to yeah. smell, even though they look good. You start yeah. to, when you if you open that tub in the incubator, you just get that. Way to explain, yeah. This way to explain, it's a bit fishy. Yes, not yeah. eggy. It's like fishy. Yeah. So now, yeah. now, and it just goes. I know you've had Christy geckos as well. Um, and there's so there's been advice I've had from you that I've I've even researched myself and been blown my mind. Put it this way, I remember you said, I remember you. It, people take. People don't look at Christy Gecko's diet enough. I'm not a big Christy Gecko guy, right? I'm, I, I've tried to work with him a couple of times. It's just not for me. Yeah. It's not for me. Yeah. Um, and I, I do tend to see a lot of people just constantly give them Pangea, all that stuff, which is great. It's good for them. Yeah. Um, it's fantastic. Naturally, in the wild, that they, they they eat a lot of moths. Yeah. If you search uh, New Caledonia um, of a night, night vision, the whole sky is all mops. And I'll tell yeah. you something, I tested it myself and it's worked. And I had a phone call with Jay uh, today. He said, I've got a baby crested gecko. It's not not really eating. I went to him, you got, you got any waxworm uh, mops? 
Yeah. I mean, yeah, I've got a bunch here. Well, I'll give that. I told him he gave it a try. Nah, so I, I said, I, I, "Yeah, I said I've, uh, I've I've actually Googled it. It's that they their main diet is moths. That's why yeah. that's why you probably find a lot of the time when you when you get crest baby cresties and you're starting to get them to feed live and you give them crickets, they're not really interested at first. You sort of got it. You sort of got to force them on it. Once they taste it, like oh, that's lovely. I'm gonna have more oh, of yeah. it. Yeah, once you get them going, it's just the getting them going. Getting them going. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Jay put two moths in here, but oh my god, this this gecko has just torn these moths open. <laughs> Obviously, yeah. they're waxworm moths, so you ain't got you yeah. can't feed them too many. But you know, you got stuff like silkworms; they make moths. Yeah. So, so it's just crazy when you look third past the hobby side of things, past all that. When yeah. you start doing your actual research, just something simple like what's the main what's leopard gecko? What's the what's the most common insect in Pakistan, and then you'll find yeah. something. But that's probably the leopard gecko's main source of of food. Definitely not a dubia roach, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> there, there's been stories with dubia roaches that the, the big. I see people feed the big, big adults to their geckos. I think to myself, I've seen a dubia roach come out the big adult come out the other end, and it's not a good sight. No, it's not. It's because of. It's a cockroach. It's that they're they're, yeah. they're they're known to withstand a bomb. Their shell. Yeah, a, a leopard gecko has great trouble digesting. I think it's. Oh, I'm not sure. Someone will probably write it in the thingies eventually. But their carapace or whatever it is, their, the helmet of their head is so hard. It is literally like an army helmet, you know. Mm. And leopard geckos have great trouble digesting that. I've seen it come out of the back of many leopard geckos. Yeah. Yeah, it cuts them up. It's not a good. Yeah, uh, it's no, not it's a not. not a good. Yeah, in the schools. I just, you know me. I do I, I tried dubia roaches, and it it worked for me. Yeah, it worked uh, for me. I, I I do hear. I, I hear people. I'm. Not, I don't. I, I have fed dubia roaches, but I don't scream. Everyone go and get dubia roaches like some people do. Oh no, they're a dirty. But I wouldn't, aren't they? I wouldn't say don't do it if it works for you. I always say that to people. If it works for you and your animals are healthy, then. Carry on doing what you're doing. Yeah. You know, don't berate someone just because they're not doing what you're doing. You know, yeah. it's, it, as long as their animals are healthy, it's just keep doing it. Yeah. It's just me sharing advice. Yeah. I, I agree with you, mate. I mean, a lot of the times, a lot of the factories or whatever you want to call them facilities that produce dubia roaches, they, they, they're mainly on a dog food diet. Yeah. So when you get, when you're getting them and you're giving it to your, your, your leopard geckos and stuff, with its gut full of dog food, it's it's a too much protein in the end. And it causes causes problems. And if you think about it, I, I, I've had a colony of dubia roaches. I've watched what they do. The babies eat the shit. Yeah, their babies eat the waste from the adults, the leftover carrot, the droppings. Then I've even seen them eat egg cartons. For God's sake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know that's that's the only thing. I know mealworms and stuff could do that, but generally, if you've got a mealworm farm, you don't put egg crates and stuff like that into mealworms. No. But dubia roaches—they're a dirty bug. They're a di- I, I, I'm not saying I'm not saying don't feed dubias. I know a lot of people have success. I, I, I advise if you get dubias, when when you get them, don't feed them straight away. Give them 24, 48 hours. Let them clear out whatever they got in them. Then introduce some carrots, some you know yeah. kale, some squash, all that stuff. That's just my advice to everybody because of I. Uh, I... In in little tip that I've always used, my insects, down to my mealworms, my locusts, if there's ever going to be a break where there's no food in there for them to eat, I always make sure they're on sawdust. Right, okay. Because sawdust, they can chew, 
Mm -hmm. it can be softened it will break down like a plant it okay. is a plant yeah so it will break down like food so if they do eat it and it does go through your gecko or your other animals that eat insects it's not going to be detrimental to their health yeah it's just another it. natural yeah it's it's like feeding your your locust or your mealworms a, a coarse vegetable you know yeah it's, it's no different and they're more likely to eat that if you've not if you're not in that gap between feeding them, they're more likely to eat something like that than eat their own poop. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. That's just, that's just something that I've always used, and it's it's always paid work for you. Well, yeah, brilliant. Is it? Would you say that's what sort of um, going back to the zoo stuff? Is is that sort of something they did in the zoo? Is that something you picked up in the zoo? What do they do? I can imagine they get bulk. They can get. They probably get like. Uh, rhinos they're like they're trying to build a rhino tub it's 50 liter tubs you mix plaster in yeah. them full of mealworms yeah. and stuff like that yeah so what, oh, much, it... yeah. We, we used to use like i think it was three thousand crickets every three or four days <laughs> yeah and that was without mealworms and all the other little treats we get we'd use locusts as well you know just to vary the diet because you know that's also big for something you. i learned from the zoo you, you know vary their diet you know, yeah. research properly and vary the diet. There's always yeah. some sort of locust type animal in most of these environments where they're from. Yeah. That's why yeah. I love I love locusts, you know. And we all know they'll strip greens. You put greens in there and stuff like that, they'll strip it in hours and they're ready to go you know they're yeah. a great source they're a great source yeah we're lucky in the uh, i hear a lot of americans go oh we wish we could feed ours locusts like you uk's because of it i know they get a lot of wild locusts in the usa but yeah. they don't sell them because something to do about them being invasive or something like that so they it's like us well, with horn, yeah. it's like us with hornworms we can't have hornworms because of if we release some they could t potentially live here and then strip our farms yeah, you know, so I, think, I think the dubia roach in Canada. I think Canada have banned dubia roach last time I read Yes, up. they did. They did, yeah. Because yeah. they can thrive and live there and yeah. obviously it affects other other animals and stuff. But yeah. um, would you say, Lee, and I'm finally going to get into it now, the ball pythons. I know you're a ball python guy. You've got some stunning bits going. I've seen them. I don't know much about ball pythons, but I know if what I see you've got is stunning. Would you say that with the leopard geckos, I, I always think, right, if there's anything else I could get into and do well, it would be ball pythons because the leopard gecko yeah. gene, I know all genes are the same, like in, in any animal, genes are the same. Dom, recessive, yeah. they all work the exact same in all animals. Like, for example, if you get an albino elephant, two albino elephants, put them together, you're going to yeah. Blue eyes. Sorry? Blue eyes is recessive. Blue eyes. Blue, Blue eyes, eyes is recessive. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, it's, 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 it's interchangeable across every species. Yeah. So I, the same. I always think if I've got into something and do well, it'd probably be ball pythons because they're quite similar yeah. with their geckos, their paint jobs and stuff like that. Um, even, even down to their care, even down to their caring and their yes. heat. In that similar sort of parameters that you can keep them and they'll thrive on that as well. Very, 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 very similar. Would you say that I know even when you balls deep into leopard geckos, you've always said to me, yeah. George, I'm going to get a monster collection of ball pythons one day. I'm telling you, Georgie. Once I once I once I get a bit of money behind me, mate, I'm gonna go all out with all pythons. I remember yeah. you saying that to me. I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna go oh, go for it, and that's exactly what you did. But anywho, oh, yeah. <laughs> anywho, would you say the leopard geckos brought you into the royals, or would you say it's just the royals were always something you was gonna do? Yeah, I, I, I it was always in my mind. Mm. 
it was always in my mind. And, you know, as much as I love geckos, that's that's not where my love thrived. It was snakes. Mm. It was always snakes. And again, like the monitors, it was the big snakes. Right, the red um, reticulated yeah. and Burmese. And... and my first introduction to morphs, though, was through corn snakes. Oh, okay. And in the zoo, we used to breed hundreds every year. Mm. And it was ju- it just fascinated me how you'd have all these different genetics popping up, you know, yeah. because again, we in the zoo we had we, we had an enclosure that had multiple multiple males and females. So it was mm. like when the eggs were hatching, it was just like it was Christmas like, all oh. over again. Love. <laughs> 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 we, we were like that. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And, um, <laughs> Yeah, that's 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 where it started with me with the genetics, and then I remember seeing uh, it was a pastel, the first pastel, <laughs> um, and it had this blushed out head, and and then like a, a year and a half later, there was a super pastel that I saw on the market as well, and it was just like, oh my god, these snakes are stunning, mm. and yeah, just just always, it's always been in my mind. We had ball pythons in the zoo as well, so. It was always on the husbandry side of it. I had that locked down. It was literally, it was literally just I wanted to play with the morphs a little bit, you know. Yeah, it's, it's so it, different to Picasso and his paint and his canvas, you know. That's it. That's it. What? What? Going back to what I said earlier, when you said I'm going to get it, Georgie. I'm going to do the ball pathers. I'm really going to go for it. What? If you don't mind me asking, without being cheeky. What yeah. made what made you do that leap? Because you did one, you just went and you went in. Yeah. Because of the well, stuff, the stuff you got as well, you didn't just go and buy this. You had an eye for something. Like when I look yeah. at your stuff, even though I don't really know ball pythons, I can see what you're trying to do in a way that makes sense yeah. with like yeah. your spot lows yeah. and stuff like that. I'm I can. Yeah, it's all clown dominated. Yeah. Yeah, like the clown stuff. So yeah. what what made you do the leap? And are you happy with doing that leap? Um, what made me do the leap is, as you know, I'm, I'm disabled now. I'm, you know, there's, there's, I, I, I struggle with my health mm. and I'm not one just to sit there and give up. Yeah. So I couldn't work anymore and stuff like that. So I, I knew I had to do something and I was in a bit of a rut. If I'm honest with you, I was in a bit of a rut with the geckos mm. and I was just breeding the same old thing. and. You know, I only had my line of rainwaters. You know, the rest of my geckos, they're all they're all pets from back in the day. Yeah. They're all pets from back in the day that I refuse to sell on or get rid of because that's just how I am. Mm. Um, and all I had was the, the, the line of rainwaters and I just had that raw pythons, raw pythons, mm. raw pythons ringing in my head the whole time. And when I stopped work, it was when I was forced to stop work, it was the perfect opportunity for me to go, right, this crap or bust, really. So I go decided to go. Yeah. yeah. I, I love it. Yeah, I you love it. You really, really went for it. But, but so sort of talk us a little bit about your projects. Obviously, you would have to do more of the explaining because of, like like I said to you the other day, the only, only thing raw python I look at and go, I like that, is clown. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it'd be nice to hear more about your projects, what you are going to achieve, 
and maybe show us some stuff. Show us, let yeah. us know what you got available because I know people that tuning in. I know I, I, recently a lot of Gecko people are getting into Royals. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I know a lot of people that will be listening into this will be interested to hear. Yeah, I think what again, you got going on. As as you pointed out earlier, it's so translatable from geckos to royals. I think it's like for some some people, it's like a a natural progression. Like mm. for some leopard gecko keepers, it was a natural progression to go on to crested geckos. Mm. You know, it's um, yeah, yeah it, it, it's a similar thing. But yeah, where to start? <laughs> yeah. um, what do you want to see first? Do you want to well, see some adults that led to the babies? But, uh, yeah, we'll start off with the adults. Okay, because I've got the drawers right in front of me. Yeah, so we'll we'll start, start off the adults. And um, because of even with the baby, the babies you showed me, like when I came up just before Christmas, they, had, they got like these purples, like yellows in them. They're just yeah. gorgeous, mate. And I, and I know yeah. we spoke. We spoke. Uh, I think it was yesterday. I went, Lee. Are you gonna like? You, are you selling snakes? You went, oh mate, I need to start selling them because of Louise is gonna kick me out soon. And but I'm getting, <laughs> but I'm getting way too attached to them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me and Lou always are joking each other about it but yeah I do I do get attached to the animals you know but yeah you know everything you know not everything but you know a lot of stuff is is for sale I just haven't put it up yet I like to I'm another sucker as well I like to slow grow stuff yeah I I there's someone actually a uh, friend of mine on Instagram Scouse Snake Mum she put a fantastic post up the other day about how after a ball python is fed and is eaten, all their organs, their heart especially, will swell up. Wow. And it will stay that period for a multiple multiple amount of days. Mm. And we studied this back in the in the zoo as well. And we always come to the conclusion that it was healthier for the animal, in our opinion, from mm -hmm. our studies, not saying anyone should do anything. Your animals are healthy. Fantastic. But we would we took the decision to to let our animals organs start to come back down before we introduced another meal into their system gotcha so it gives their their organs time to relax again and and be normal you know because yeah. if they're always swollen in our theory we always thought there could potentially be a problem so to avoid that potential problem we just decided to Give them a bit of a longer break before each meal. Mm. I mean, and, um, feeding your snake once a week is that a bit of an overkill? It is, isn't me. it? If you think in the wild, they they would go six months. They could they could be sitting in a hole for six months, especially a ball python. I can imagine them sitting in a termite mount, watching the hole until something runs past. I've had I've had a snake in my zoo days. I've had a snake go off for eighteen months. Jesus, not eat, not eat. It was and hard, hardly lose a, a gram of weight. Maybe, mm. uh, you know, a full adult female maybe lost a few hundred grams of weight over 18 months. Yeah. And you're talking, you know, a nearly 3,000 gram snake. Jesus. You know, over 18 months, it's nothing. It's nothing. Yeah. They're a and master then, of it, aren't they? That's, 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 yeah. they're a master of, of that. Switch will go. Mm. You'll introduce it one time and then a switch will go and they'll just be back on food. Yeah. You know, they're, and it's not as if it wasn't there, the food, especially in a zoo, the food is always there. It's always presented to them. Mm. And they sometimes they just don't need it. Yeah. They just, they just don't need it. And like I say, in my opinion, I'd just rather give my animals the best chance in life. And I think, 
like I say, it's habit as well is what I learned in the zoo. So I, I do the first, when they first start eating the babies, I'll, the first two weeks, I'll give them two meals. Mm. And then after that, it'll be probably after every nine days. Yeah. At the minimum. Yeah. Because I, I really like that break before. So that their organs start to. That, come, that come goes with what we were saying with the swelling. It gives them time to. Yeah. Yeah, you think definitely. about it, they're all swollen, all, all their organs are swollen, and they've just, just got the food passed, and then you're offering them another one. So they're constantly yeah. swelling. Well, that, yeah. that and, and remember, it, it, takes, it, takes, it takes these reptiles a long time to digest these meals as well. Yeah. You know, they're not, they're not like us who, who can go to the toilet three hours after eating a meal. You <laughs> yeah. Know? It's, yeah. It's, not, it's not feasible. If they go three hours after eating a meal, it's because it's still from their last meal. Gotcha. You know, yeah. it's done. With the ball pythons, they're 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 masters at, at retaining only what they need. Mm. Same as the geckos when we were talking about the dubia roach, where yeah, the reason they're they're getting rid of all the wings and the shells because they only need the stuff that's good, the meat in the middle. Yeah, yeah. They, they that's what their body needed at that time. It didn't need to digest all that carotene and all that stuff from the shell. It didn't need that. So yeah. it just just. Get rid of it, like right. That, that don't need. That's what bodies do, don't they? They don't need something. It, it just like let's get rid of that the quickest way possible. It's like when we have yeah. a curry. Yeah, I've, I've seen. <laughs> I've seen like the ball pythons. I go clean them out, and there's a poo there, and there's a there's a chicken leg sticking out of it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Skin on it, nails yeah. on it. It looks. It looks like it's just been chopped off the chicken. Yeah, but it, it's been in them for two weeks. Yeah, so, I have heard that you will see beaks, teeth of a rat, nails, yeah. those I've sort been, of things. Not, not even stuff they can't because they can actually digest all that. Right. Most of the time they don't because it's the the bone they don't need. They obviously didn't need the, that calcium that that meal. Mm. I've seen tails come out from rats. I've seen all sorts come out. I've seen whole heads come out from rats. Ain't that crazy that your your body, the body of a snake. Will get rid of something when it doesn't need it, and then one other, and then there'll be another feed. It'll be like I need calcium. I'm going to keep. I'm going to eat the bones on this. I'm going to digest them. Ain't that mad? It's, That's it's crazy. Absolutely fascinating. I find it absolutely fascinating. And you know, like I say, I'm lucky enough that I'm around these animals all the time. Mm, yeah. So I, I have the chance to get to see most of their their circles in their feeding, their life cycle, their feeding cycles, their their toilet cycles. I know some people are probably cringing, but the toilet cycles, everything just fascinates me because, mm-hmm. you know, that's how that's how we can learn and progress and stuff like that, you know, by finding out what certain snakes need or what they don't need. Because like I say, it's all different from one meal to the next. You know, you might find, I, I don't find it often to tell you the truth because of the way I feed. They digest 90% of what it is and they don't have them huge poos which mm. look like some of them like humans yeah. <laughs> you go no that ain't a snake he's even got a plat in it yeah, as, yeah. We, as, we would say, as we would say here in the uk oh my god that was a viking poo yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, i mean do you know what um i never knew a snake would could can fart and um, oh. it was uh, Angela from McBalls. She uh, put a post on TikTok and it was like a, a snake farting. I think she was in bed or something. Yeah. Like a snake farting or something. And she put it on TikTok and I messaged her and went, that wasn't a snake, that was you, surely? She went, no, it was the snake, mate. 
And it was proper. It was like I had a... Yeah. At the end. I was like, no. It sounds, yeah, it sounds just like a human releasing its gas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like I say, I, 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 I sleep in a room with these snakes. I study them wholeheartedly, you know. And I have been, there's been situations where you, you're laying there at night and you're on your phone looking through Instagram and it's dead silent. It's two mm. o'clock in the morning. And then one of these guys just, just absolutely rips one. Oh my. And it is like, it's like something from a comical movie, you know. It's that perfect fart that's really loud. And, yeah. Oh. So funny, Absolutely. mate. That's, that's the whole. That's the bit we'd like. I know it sounds really strange to say. This is why all us reptile people are the same. But little things like that just make the hobby even funny. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Just like little little yeah. things like that. Like, I know it sounds yeah. really probably really dry and really childish. But even like when I go into my gecko room and you you walk in and you know the geckos there, they look at you and to smile. I, I like that. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what exactly. I mean. It's just yeah. it just warms my heart a little bit. I yeah. think yeah, that's yeah, that, why I'm that doing this. Little that little bastard is happy yeah. I'm here. My missus don't want me at home. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? But um, yeah, no, yeah. Show, us, show us some rules, mate. Show us some rules. Talk about some of your projects. I think people need to hear. Um, that's one thing with you, Lee. Is you deserve to be out there more. Oh, thank you. I, that's you. what I think. I think you deserve. You need to be seen more. Yeah, part of that's my problem though, because I'm a very, you know, I keep myself to myself. Mm. You know, I, um, I don't like drama and all that sort of thing. I'm a very, I try to be as positive as possible. You know, mm. I'm, I'm a big believer in, you know, it's, it's good for your well-being, isn't it, to be as as positive as you possibly can. Yeah. And. Um, yeah, that's just me in a nutshell. I like to be positive. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think I'm ever. Cut... I keep a lot of myself to myself. You know, I just, I like, I like to stay in my lane, as I'd like to say. Yeah, and I mean, it could be detrimental to me because I can be quite reserved and not say too much. But I'm out there. I'm like I say, I'm trying to do more on Instagram, and I'm reaching out to people. I comment on people's things mm. a lot more. You know. There's two sides to it, though. It's like if you get too, too involved in the hobby, then you do naturally get that bitchy side that comes with it. Like you will naturally, what we do is you get some people that do take it very, um, like a competition. Yeah, it's, I, like it's not a competition. I someone, when I bought my first visual clown, I had someone message me and said, You've just started this. You should have bought just heads. What's he got? Uh, it's just. I didn't even answer back. Didn't yeah. even answer back. You know what I mean? But um, yeah, mate, I was just like, oh, please, come on, really? Yeah. We're, all in, we're all in. We're all in this together. That's how we yeah. get through this. That's it's how like, we get through everything. You know, it's like Jay when he got his black knights, he was he, he was a, he was a eighteen year old who let's say he threw four grand at it for some black knights. Yeah. But like, isn't that the right way to do things? He want he had a vision. He wanted to get them, and he went and got the best he could get. He got passionate. He got passionate about something after he'd profusely researched it, mind you. You know, Jay done a lot of researching as well. Mm. He, he he didn't just you know it was that first attraction through what they looked like. Yeah, and then Jay took it to another level, you know, and uh, you know, I commend him for that. I really yeah. do. He, he he had a, he had a plan. Yeah, and he and he, and he executed it. Out. Yeah, and and he has, he's, you know, he's executed it fantastically. Yeah. You know, he's he's a perfect example for it, in my opinion. And you know, he's taken that Black Knight project, and he's just run with it. And mm. you know, what a fan, 
fantastic bunch of animals he's got. You know, we yeah. can say what a fantastic product he's he's producing every year. It, they are fantastic animals. Yeah, you know, it really is. And they stand out. Love- they stand out like you. You a black knight. A, we, we see yeah. many jet black black knights, but if someone put a black knight next to Jay's, I could say that was Jay's. They yeah. just. They just. Do you know what I mean? They they, yeah. they just had that little nick on, yeah. Over when, the, to me, when Jay, when me and Jay first started talking and all that, again years ago now, I did say to him, I said, I've "Got a filter on you." Yeah, and he was like, "No, mate, I ain't," because I had because I was close to him by then. Mm. I had to ask, I had to say, Jay, you know, because they're so nice. Yeah, yeah, they are. They're a stunning example of the black, the black yeah. knight line bread. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, there's there's not many people that you know. There's a there's some guys in Japan, I think, that have got some awesome black knights mm. and stuff like that. But yeah, you're right. Jays have just got a certain look. Yeah, about it. It, it, a lot of the black knights tend to have this dusty look on them. When they people take photos of them, it's like white specks. And yeah. he, he, even the the, the the ferry, the guy that created the line said to Jay, "How are you getting rid of these specks?" I, I, I remember back in the day, I've even messaged Jay and gone, look, this person, look, that person's using your picture, mate, and they didn't tag you in it. <laughs> <laughs> Bastards. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's me. Oh, no, well, you know, especially them animals. He deserves the, he deserves yeah. the pop that you put into them animals, you know? Yeah, 100%. Um, he, he got into it at the right, right time. Look at him now. He's, the, he's, got, to be, he's got the biggest gecko account on Instagram. In my opinion, yeah. hundred forty thousand. So yeah, executed it really well. Yeah, yeah, he has, and and they are again, again, they're just stunning animals. They really are, and and like you say, he's he's done everything right. He's hit it right. Mm. Instagram, he's just everything. Right. Yeah, he's fantastic, and I do, I do, I love Jay. He's a good, yeah, guy. he's a good guy, really good guy. Yeah, yeah. He, really is. he really is. I've always got always got time for Jay. If he ring, if he ever calls or messages me, yeah. Anytime, mm. anytime. But um, yeah, yeah, let's start with this guy. This is just the normal pastel. Well, it's not. A, it's a pastel head clown. So this would be the non-visual version of what I'm going to show you shortly. Lovely. But this is just the the one incomplete dominant pastel gene in with a heterozygous version of the clown. Beautiful, mate. So anyone watching this. <laughs> On and that is available, guys, as well. That's available. Anyone watching yeah. this right now and Lee showing some stuff off, obviously on the Spotify and podcast where we upload this, the audio version, you will not see this. So if you want to go over to our YouTube channel, you will be able to see me and Lee and Lee showing off some stuff. But this goes down to another question I was going to ask you, Lee, while you got these snakes out. Yeah. Can you can you see – and I, 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 I hate he- hearing and seeing this. People say you can't see a head. I can see head. I can see a head eclipse. Like with white toes, white feet. Can you see hets in snakes? And I, I think there's a banding by the bottom for a head clown. Am I wrong? There's like um, a certain. There, 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 you know, there is with, especially with the Pied They, they mm. seem to throw lots of markers. Um, again, I'm still new to the gene side of it. I've only just like four years deep now in yeah. this, and. But you do start to see simple little things like the, most of the het clowns I've ever bred, they've got like this little white tip at the end of their towel. Mm. I always notice that white tip at the end of the towel. Uh, and again, you see it on a lot of other bull pythons. Yeah. 
you know, that ain't het. But even this one, just a tiny little tip, it looks like it's just been it's like, in a, paint. it's like an eclipse in uh, leopard geckos. You get that little white tail tip. Yeah. 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 Yeah, exactly. And um, I, I, I do. Yeah, I do see certain traits, shall we say, with some of the hets. Yeah. Um, I've got hopefully I've bought some possible het G stripe stuff as well. And I believe that we're going to find out in the future that they might have some het markers as well. You know, if there's not people out there already like that, people like Garrett DeMaio, fantastic, you know, mm. inspirational that man is. He's fantastic. Um, and some of the stuff he's got, I'm sure people like him will, will be able to say more on the head marking stuff. But yeah. yeah, for me, I'm still looking and observing everything that I'm Watch breathing. Yep. And and I, I'm like I say, with the clown, I'm noticing... Sim simple things but it's all an opinion at the moment i haven't i haven't got enough meat in the market to to say for fact you know yeah but gotcha. one day one day it's definitely going there with the amount of people that are breeding now and everything else and the amount of people that are taking notice of certain little things we are going to see much more het markers i do believe and there's yeah. also you know we're getting the genetic testing out now mm. i believe that's gonna change the game yeah i think that's gonna come up exponentially you know that's gonna they're gonna be able to not just do the yellow belly complex and lavender it's gonna be everything eventually they'll they'll put it across the board and say you know send your snake skin in and we'll be able to that's crazy yeah that's crazy yeah well yeah. they can do it with everything in the yellow belly complex now which is fantastic that's so, mental imagine that in leopard say, geckos say old, old fuzzies like me that go where we got to breed it out we're fine yeah <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm a big thing for that. I love that though. I do like, you know, the the breeding it out and finding out whether that gene's in there. I do like that. But, you know, as someone who's got so many snakes, it can also save a lot of years. For yeah, years. Well, mm. unnecessary pairings for your females. Do you know what I mean? So it, it, it's good. It's good. We're we're definitely heading in the right direction in that. I think it's fantastic. Some of the work that's being done genetically with that yeah. is, is, is amazing. And, you know, if it does take off properly, it will. The het marker thing that we were talking about, it will probably just always be a talking point. Yeah, you know, because it'll always just be, well, do you know what? I send the shed off. Yeah, no. and the more the more popular it, it becomes, and the more people send their sheds in to, to these people that can genetically test, it'll it, it it will affect the price hopefully in the future as well and bring the price down. The more more of us using people, it, you, yeah, bring the price down. Funny enough, you say, I was just going to ask you, is it feasible with probably what they're going to charge for it? I mean, like, with leopard geckos, if we could do it in leopard geckos, really, it, it should take about five to six years to properly test out a gecko. Yeah. But in saying that, I know from listening out to other podcasts, Gary Orner, he was yeah. testing Eclipse, and on the 100th egg, he hatched Eclipse. So, like, okay. you know what I mean? He, he, at, at a point, he was like, well, this, this like, is Eclipse-free. It's like what I always tell you about my rainwater life. I, when I first bought the great, great, great grandmother to this line, she was marked up as being 66% het eclipse. Mm. And I also had a male that was floating in my project years ago that also was het eclipse. Yeah. And um, I, when I do sell them on, if I'm, especially to someone who's breeding, I say to them, are you thinking breeding them? Yeah, da, 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 da. I will say to them, look, there's a possibility 
that there could be a clips passed on. I haven't seen it in my line. I've never seen it pop up in my line. But, but there's a possibility. There yeah, grandparents that were pos- possible het eclipse, and it's a possibility that it could always be passed on to the to the children through generations. You know, it's always yeah. a possibility that it's been passed on and it pops up. So, yeah. you know, like I say, as long as everyone's open and honest with it as well, it's you know, surprises like that you can work with. Do you know what I mean? It's 100%. When, it's when, it, it's when it does pop up and no one's told you about it because they didn't do their due diligence. Mm. And, talking to the breeder properly or you know but yeah I always make sure that I I've, I always you know try and slip that in when I'm talking to someone especially if I was like and if it was you or Jay I would say look there's also a chance guys, yeah. that there could be an eclipse in this but yeah what's that you got there Lee? this is an Enchi so another incomplete dominant so this is another one that will produce a super form um, and this is also 100% Heck Clown. Everything I, I have is 100% Heck Clown as well. Very there is nice. no there is no possible Heck Clown. It is 100% Heck Clown. Gotcha. Um, yeah, and I love Enchi. Enchi is one of my favourite genes to go into clown, especially when you put it with spot most. Um, and yeah, it just produces all this bar in. It takes away the eyes in the alien head, right. stuff like that. Yep. And it'll just, it'll produce... Just like a barring across the back. Very nice. Yeah, I see that. What it'll do as well is it'll narrow the top head stamp. It sort of triangulates it and brings it in a bit. Gotcha. And, and the super form, when you have a super form of Enchi, all, all that'll do will exaggerate that form even more. So the, the stamp will get more like an Indian arrowhead. Uh, the colour gets so much lighter and it gets brighter and bolder. Um wonderful super in the super version um right this one that i'm going to show is a so is note. is enchi a really good gene to have with the clown like it just it just pops it, together I, I think i think so in my opinion yeah. yeah i do i do but you know i'm also someone who loves pastel and mm. you know there's a lot of people that don't feel the same everyone but, has different tastes don't they? i see people yeah, producing just see it yeah it's all different it's not like, like I say again, it's like someone with their paint palette. They're going to use different colours to the next person, you know. Yeah. And, you know, it, it is what it is. But, um, yeah, so this, actually, yeah, this is a girl. And this is a spot nose, 100% heck down. Oh, well. she's nice. Yeah. She's Lovely. nice. And in my spot nose, there seems to be, uh, that's why I got my boy. He's got a, we just... Thebes named him Mickey. He's got a head stamp, like and he's stunning. And again, this, this throws up just crazy pattern. But um, we do also think that there is uh, another gene floating around in my collection as well. well that's um, that's a that's that's with snakes. That's a bonus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why, yeah. Why, why, while we're on this discussion, uh, you know me. Uh, we, me and you, just. And chat for hours and hours and hours. Yeah. Why with leopard geckos and royal with leopard gecko? If I sell someone a gecko and they hatch something they shouldn't have hatched, I am the worst breeder that's ever crossed this world. With snakes, it's a oh my god! I've only gone and pulled off an extra gene. I I, I don't know. I don't, it's so different. How how it works? How the snake community looks at genes? Mm. It's just slightly different. Well, yeah, it's slightly different to how 
the people I've, some of the people I've interacted in the leopard gecko industry, how they look at jeans, you know, mm. you know, like in the ball python world, we'll cross albinos, you know, mm. we, 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 we will make double head albinos and they're, you know, you get the candinos, the toffinos, um, you know, the, the, the clown even has it in with cryptic or krypton, I still ain't quite, I'm, I haven't got into that side of it yet, but, um, you know, they're all on that same allele. So, yeah. but, you know, you can breed a double head something, and but in the gecko world, it's not really, it's, it's very, it's quite frowned upon by a lot of people. Mm. You know, um, it's just, it, it's just different. You know, you just, you, it's, yeah. it's, it's a lot more open to the experiment in, so experimental palette of people, I suppose, the best yeah. way to explain explain it you know they're they're just more open to being like oh i wonder what that would look like mm. you know and and there is always someone that i go well i'm gonna try it <laughs> yeah you know, there is, yeah you know don't get me wrong there is examples where you'll put two genes together and they'll they'll make a lethal combination but mm. you know that happens in humans too yeah you know it, it, it can happen across the board you don't know until unfortunately until you've 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 done that pairing and found out but you know what what i always implore people is it happens in humans as well mm. there, there's some couples that can't have kids because they're not their genetic genetics yeah, together genetics don't work yeah they didn't know what their genetics were and how how they were going to react with each other but you know genetically they can't have children or whatever but you know it's 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 interesting to find out because at least then we can then tick stuff off and, and say, this is a no go, you know, mm. again, in my opinion, like the lemon frost, you know, it's another one. And, you know, I'm one who bought into the enigma back in the day. Yeah. You know, I, was, I, I was a big lover of that gene. I, I got my first set of females and I didn't get no visual males because I, I understand what sort of gene it is. So, you know, you never want to make a super form of it. And I had one season, I hatched the first two eggs mm. and both babies straight away were showing signs of, you know, syndrome. some sort of, yeah, syndrome, neurological syndrome. Um, and any other eggs that season, I just didn't let go term. I just got rid of them there, put them in the freezer, made sure the embryo didn't go nowhere near any sort of term. And, um, yeah, I just never bred them again, yeah. you know, but we knew there was problems, but I didn't know because it weren't openly spoke about at the time. I didn't know how severe these problems could be until I hatched these two babies. And yeah, one, one's a, one was a spinning top and I've still got her to this day. Yeah. I've still got her to this day. She has to be, tongue fed most of the time but she's she's a perfectly fine gecko she's cool yeah she just I, I put her in the corner away from everyone else the less stress she has the less the less problems she has yeah and, and her sister is like the total opposite completely fine so she's fine but she just has a bit of that star star glaze yeah doesn't spin or nothing she doesn't twist her head like some of the enigmas do um yeah yeah, and, and that was it. They were the only two, and I never sold them. That's that's my duty to keep them on now and, and look after them for the rest of their life and give them the best life they can. 
And, you know, I learned my lesson through that. And I now can only advise people that ever speak to me about reading that line, which not many people do now, to be honest with you, um, that what's the downside to it, you know? Mm. But again, going back to what we said, we don't know until we cross them lines sometimes. Also, it's it's the big boys keeping it to themselves. It's like with Lemon Frost as a prime example. Before they got before they got introduced to the public, and when we started finding the problems, you are telling me, and this is no discrimination. I'm a big fan of Steve Sky. Steve Sky is one of the breeders that I look up to. You are telling me he never saw an issue before they were released. They must have. Uh, what was it? Fifteen grand. The first lemon cracker, first lemon frost was sold for. You know, yeah, it was, it really. was, it, it, it seemed like a coincidence that when they were released to the public, mm. by the by the way, there's a problem with them. Do you get yeah. what I'm saying? The same with the enigmas. The people yeah. that were selling it back then probably knew there was an issue, but it was the little yeah. breeders like yourself that paired them up. For, Hang on a minute, that weren't. T- I wasn't told about this. Yeah. <laughs> You understand? Oh well, when we were getting in, when I was getting into it, it was it was labelled to me as oh, you know the enigmas. They've got quirks about mm. them. It's like okay, what what are you defining as a quirk? Though? Oh, you know they've just they look at you, they have a little bit of a stare at you and stuff like that. And yeah. no, it was just a total more to it to that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. A lot Either of it's one, like one come out the egg like a spinning spinning top, so stressed. Yeah, and like I say, it's still got her now. She's, you know, she still has moments, but I know how to handle it. And yeah. the other one was just a little bit of a gazer every now and again, and but absolutely fine. Eats by herself, doesn't need no anything really. Is it very similar to the spider gene, or does, is a spider gene a little bit different? Because I know with Enigma syndrome, either I personally don't believe it, but you've heard I... Enigma syndrome free line. But I know for a fact, you cannot guarantee me that animal is not going to spin. It could take 10 years. It could yeah. be a certain trigger. Bang, spinning. I saw, I saw a video, actually, thanks to Scotty, you hooked me up with that one. Um, I saw a video and it was actually, again, I haven't researched this because I haven't got the spider gene. Mm. I ain't, because of the Enigma gene, it's just sort of, it sort of puts me on the back foot. Mm, so yeah. I'm like, but don't get me wrong. There's people out there that work with a spider gene and they produce absolutely stunning animals. Yeah. There's no problem. Yeah. Or very yeah. little problem, you know? So, but what this video was going over, and I don't know even if this, I, and I can't remember the person's name who'd done the video. So I'm sorry if they ever come across this and I didn't mention their name because I can't remember what platform it, it was on YouTube. I can't remember what handle they had, but there's, they were doing research and they were saying about something to do with, it's not neuro, or they don't think it's neurological with the ball python. They think it's something to do with the bone inside of the skull. Oh, really? Yeah, which is making s- certain vibrations or something like that, taking them off track, kind of thing. Yeah, and 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 you know because they haven't got the conventional ear canal like our, our lizards have and stuff like that. You know, but yeah, it's, it's it's interesting to keep an eye on stuff like that in the future. Do you know what I mean? Again, mm. I haven't had a spider, so I haven't experienced it, so I can't really like I share you. Yeah, I yeah. Can, I can put, I can put some, I can put some skin on on the conversation with the enigma because I've been there and done it. Done I it. Haven't yep. with, I haven't with spider, so it's literally just a, 
it's just an opinion, really. Mm, you know, yeah, it's just a fault. But it's it's an interesting it's an interesting take. If it, if it does if it does prove out to be something like a skull problem, that could possibly be bred out. Mm. Because what you would do is you would you would breed them and you would have to X-ray all the babies. This is the great thing about working in a zoo. We were had these X-ray machines there, so you'd you'd X-ray the babies and you'd only keep back and breed the ones that had this suspected skull deformity that was smaller than everyone else. And then over generation to generation, you would only breed the smaller ones to make the skull yeah. deformity shrink. Lime breeding, in a, in a sense, yeah. I was about to say, yeah, lime breeding the skull deformity out. But does that mean it wouldn't pop up in a future animal? We don't know that. It could still it could, if it's a deformity, there's still a chance that it's genetically passed on, whether you breed it out or not. So it yeah. may be passed on much later down the line to another offspring. So again, no skin in the game. So it's something we would have to keep an eye on as a as a community to see where they go with it. But it's again, it's, it's a fantastic study. You know, yeah, absolutely fantastic study. Hundred percent. It, like you're probably the same as me i just find things that interesting even if I, yeah. I, I listen to podcasts a lot i listen to raw podcasts you know things like that i just find interesting and with breeding side of things i don't just look at leopard gecko breeding i look at other you know fish and stuff like that and i i do put that into what i do as well yeah. do you know what i mean so um it is, yeah. it is it is absolutely absolutely fascinating absolutely fascinating. i agree i agree you know that you can you can go across everything I've done. There's always been something that pops up that's possibly not genetically viable. You know, mm. it's it is it's just part of life. Unfortunately, we all have deformities in us. That's what all these um, morphs are. They're all some sort of deformity. It's just, oh yes, you know, they don't they just don't affect people how people hear the word deformity you know mm. you expect so much more but it, you know it's it, we call it a morph and we work with it, it but, but, um it's as long as it's not causing the animal any health problems and stuff like that then then i think as a community we have to act on on on, on what we're doing ethically with it 100%. but again that's just the zoo side of me talking again yeah. you know I mean? <laughs> well mu- mu- mutations pop up Due, well, it, I can go by reptiles, but mutations pop up due to incest. That's yeah. what causes all these new morphs and stuff. Is this? It's just you know, you, you, for example, uh, I got a leopard gecko here with a blue head, and I lion breed it. It's it's gonna keep popping up because of the incest. But like you yeah. just said, reptiles are a master of dealing with it. It's not like yeah. when if I spoke to a pet person. And I said to her, you know, I got st- I got stonewash, and this is like twenty years of line breeding over there. My stuff yeah. has probably got twenty years worth of line breeding in it yeah. uh, before my time, obviously. They can't quite understand it. They just think, oh, that's disgusting. It's different. It really yeah. is different in with yeah. reptiles. In the wild, you, they can't walk up to one and go, oh, you're 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 my cousin. Ah, oh, sorry. They don't have that. They just the male ovulation. Again, it's modern day society because. It used to be done in humans for hundreds of years as well. They used to sleep with their cousins uh, mm, across yeah. every society. Because Is it Game it of Thrones? Was, yeah, very Game of Thrones because it was very close-knit community. Yeah. So they fall in love with the people that are around them, mm. you know? And hence why stuff like Blue Eyes and stuff like that it, it, it is 
around nowadays because of that incest. But you know, it is especially in humans now. We're like, Ooh, yeah, oh, cousin. Oh, <laughs> you know, like you say, back in the day, it would have been like, oh, the cousin. Nice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> First or second so, cousins. First or second. Yeah. <laughs> blood or thin blood. <laughs> yeah. That's it. That's it. But that's that. This is this is just what we do. I, I, I genetics and stuff. I, I it. I'm still an amateur in genetics. There's stuff I read and stuff I see. I'm like, what? Took me a long time to get to know my basic stuff, but I just find it extremely fascinating, especially when you you're crossing things and you know now now we're seeing you know Tremper Albino with, with melanistic and it's producing this yeah. purple gecko. You know, it's just it, it, it's, it's amazing. It is. It really is outstanding. Sorry, but they. What what they're doing now? It's like um, there was someone in Germany who was doing the whole uh, dark waters. I think they were calling them, and they looked, you know, the the black knight version mm. of rain waters. And it, and it was just so interesting. So where some people are taking stuff, you know, and like you say, these these animals, if you do it right and ethically, are genetically built for it over many many millennia you know um they've lived in the wild and some even some of these bull python populations they're within their zone they're locked off from like the 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 toga bull pythons ain't the same as somewhere like volta region or something like that they're not going to get to each other yeah so they're only going to stay within the parameters um you know there's a, a chinese viper that is and again, never worked with them, but you know, from my studies and all that, it's, it's surrounded by mountains, and it only exists in one region. Yeah, in one, and it's a very small pocket, um, uh, Manjian viper or some, something like that, and they're just fascinating, you know how yeah how they can cope with it genetically. It's um, like um, it's like the the axolotl. They're from one lake in Mexico. Yeah, how mad is that? One lake. That's the only they're, they're technically endangered in the wild, but because we've been captively, you know, captive breeding them, they're they're not endangered. There's millions. Yeah, of them. yeah. But they're from Lee. They're from one lake. Yeah, what you just said is a perfect example of how all that ancestral breeding develops all their morphs. Because look at all the morphs we've got in. In axolotls alone, mm. like the albino, got pied, you're getting pied now, and yeah, yeah. golden ones, yeah, yeah, yeah and, and it is, it's, it's fascinating. But, um, one yeah, lake, one lake, <laughs> oh wow, look at that! Just uh, this should be a normal clown. I do believe, like I say, there's something floating around again. We'll find this out. This girl's a hold back anyway, um, but yeah, just stunning, stunning, mate. Typical teardrops from the from the name the clown. You know, going up the sides. Beautiful, mate. Yeah, yeah. This is Absolutely a really beautiful. Girl. And she's the one with the. Hey, smiling! <laughs> <laughs> Little things like that just make you want to keep. Do you know? Oh, it's got a smile it's on it. And, and you know what? Whenever I have people come over and they see my collection, it's always like a, a conversational piece mm. as well. I'm so proud of this snake and its smiley head. Yeah, and you know. When people hear me talking, I talk about the, the science side of it and all that. And then I go, 
Look at this smiley head. <laughs> Going deep into genetics. Oh, this one's got a smile yeah. pattern on its head. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> but um, right, let's let's show you some spot nose clown stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's actually let's do this one first. I do like this snake. This is a very pretty snake. This was the one I was posting yesterday as well. This is a pastel. Oh, nice. Pinstripe. Leopard clown, beautiful mate. I don't know and, what it's. You know, I don't know what it's like there, but it's got like a golden color for me. And it's it like the, I love the ombre from the belly to the top. Beautiful. Yeah, it is. I love it. I love this snake. This this is another holdback for me. <laughs> Everything's a holdback, guys. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm. I'm only. I think I've only got five or six so far holdbacks. The rest, out of what the eighteen babies I've got at the moment, the rest yeah. are all. You know, but the thing is, with a holdback, it might not be a holdback. Like you, like when I hold an yeah. animal back, I'm holding it back to watch its development. Like yeah. something might yeah. be like, oh, that's a little bit special. I'm gonna hold, I'm gonna hold that back. But a holdback don't necessarily yeah. mean it's not going anywhere. No, that's right. That's that's exactly right. That is exactly right. I couldn't ever explain that any better myself. I say that all the time. You know, you never know how a gene's gonna look in a few months' time or a that's year's it. time. And like you say, that holdback is not working with what you thought it was going to mm. go or what way it was going to go. But um, this is a pastel spot nose clown. Oh, mate, look at that. Oh, my God. It almost looks like a, that the scaleless corns, that, 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 yeah. that colour. Yeah. yeah, this does. This is like, it, I, again, the pastel uh, spot nose clowns, a lot of them, they're not this bright. And it's not, you know... I had someone say, oh, is it super pastel? No, there's not two copies mm. of pastel in the pairing. Yeah. And, you know, it's just, I'm lucky I've got, I have got a really, really nice line of pastel. There's, you know, there's a few people that yourself have seen it and it's really clean. You know, you do get dirt in patterns sometimes, mm. especially in, in some of the raw pythons, but some of the, some of the actual, um, babies i've bred this year from from these um these snakes are just outstanding yeah, let's just show you this one i'm clean this one is this is a mojave or a pastel mojave clown oh look at that beautiful again guys it's if you good. want to see this it will be on youtube as well beautiful really clean patterns another available baby also you can never see the true quality on you know the webcams and the yeah. phone so it's viddy viddy's pets and, on instagram and i'm pretty sure anyone, anyone messages him he'll, he'll be willing to talk to i'd be happy to show videos and pictures and stuff like that i'm, I'm very open very open um right let i just want to show you this i think it's the other one i've got some like this weird clown popping up weird clown the pastel clowns have got some really cool patterns. Well, don't know if it's like a, a blade gene, which is um, taken away from the pattern. It reduces the pattern, sorry. So is blade like a, a different line? Is it a different line? Is it blade? It's like a different line of clown. No, it's okay. usually, it usually comes with clown. It's like okay. there there is a super version of it. Again, I haven't. If I haven't even proved it out yet, but it's mm. whatever's happening in this snake, it's it's having the same effect. That's why I'm leaning more towards something like Blade. Mm. It's having the same effect as what Blade would have. 
again, something like that. I'll have to prove out in the in the future. It's like with but, geckos, you might see like a high contrast in or a pastel and be like, yeah. it could be a pastel or high contrast in this line somewhere yeah. down the line. Exactly. But you just see how it just totally oh, reduces yeah. the pattern. There's no hardly any spots yeah. in the pattern. Very, very reduced. But very, um, nice. yeah. very cool animal. I like that one. Again, though, that is also available. Um that's a normal pastel flower. So while you're while you're showing these snakes off, Lee, um, I know yeah. things are a bit different with leopard geckos at the moment. How is the market with the royals? Um, do you know, I always say there's, especially in the world at the moment with everyone worrying, you're always going to have certain people that are a bit worried to dip their hands in their pocket at certain times of year. Mm -hmm. But for the amount of years that, and I'm not just talking about people like you know me i've got some pet shops that actually come to me yeah. and they'll buy animals from me for their own stock um there are there are years and it's more like months in between them years where mm. it, it does seem to slow down you know it's a natural up, down up yeah uh, harrods ain't always busy that's it well, it's like I, I, I've, I've, I've recently got uh, lots of inquiries and it's it's around about this time people start getting tax rebates but it's that's like it. yourself a new father, you know, all these extra expenditures. Yeah. You're not going to be putting as much money into the geckos this season yeah, 100%. As, you, as you have in maybe previous seasons. Yeah. Same as myself, you know. This season, I've put so much in over the last few seasons. This season's about actually just trying to progress a bit more, you know, instead of actually bringing more stuff in, you know. It's, it's just about me selling and progressing. Yeah. But there's ups and downs in every market. It's just whether or not you're open-minded enough to accept that you are going to have to hold on to animals sometimes. Mm, yeah. It is part of what we've got into, you know, yeah. there's not always going to be that market of, oh, I'm going to wake up today and I'm going to sell everything. Yeah, you, you know? can't, you can't be breeding. You shouldn't be breeding numbers that you can't hold. And I think again, that's something I've always said to you as well is you, you never know how long it, if you're going to breed something, you've got to be ready to hold on to it. Just in yeah, hundred percent. You know, because it, it, it the the market can, you know, just people worry about the word recession in the paper, and it it has on a knock on effect. Of course, yeah. Uh, to be honest, we ain't long come away from Christmas and yeah. that time of the year for other people. And it's know, hard for me. Load the money on our families. Mm. And it, it takes nowadays. It takes a few more months to get them funds yeah. back up to where we can start spending money again on buying animals. Yeah, I totally agree with that, mate. That's a, oh, oh, look at that. That's a, just a normal pastel clown. Beautiful. Nice, clean pastel clown. Beautiful. Then, um, right. I want to show that leopard that everyone likes before I... Um, Got a little yeah. smirk in his face, look. I'm going to show you guys the one everyone else likes. <laughs> look at the smirk. He's happy with his fun. <laughs> Look at his face. <laughs> you know what? It's, it's not even like a monster genetically or nothing like that. It's just beautiful. Sometimes this the just the stand like you just I I don't know if you still got it. You just had a tremper. And it was beautiful. Just just tremper. That's that's my old step toe boy now he is. Yeah. He's not so <laughs> it's not so beautiful anymore. Yeah, he's getting like he's getting like his dad. <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah, he he, he was just so stunning and he had mm. them lavender spots yeah back both sides yeah he was beautiful i do crazy. appreciate just just i've seen some hypos i'm like wow 
Beautiful. This is just a pastel leopard clown, but so clean again. Yeah, beautiful, mate. Beautiful snake. So can I ask you, for? because obviously a lot of people that are viewing this will be gecko keepers and might be toying into getting some snakes. When you, the one thing most people that don't own a snake worry about is getting bit. Okay. For me, I, I, I'm a wuss. That's why I got rid of my royals. Like when it came to breeding season, they're a little bit snapping. I was like, I cannot deal with this. It's probably it's my yeah. fault. So it's, it's on me. So not the snake was on me, but something changes in a snake when you pick it up. It's like they go. Well, yeah, I've been caught now. So yeah. would you say a lot of it is to do with? I can see all your snakes getting picked up now. This I've not seen no S in up. No, sh- is it? Is it more the person getting it out of where it's living? That's where you get tagged. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's you know like all animals. You know when you when you hear people and I'm not being funny. I say it as it is. You hear some of these YouTubers out there. Oh, they're evil. They've got an evil disposition. No animal's got an evil disposition. Yeah, mm. no animal. And I've worked with lots of different species. No animal's got an evil disposition. But yeah. what they will have, especially reptiles and snakes and big snakes, they can be enclosure defensive. That's always their yeah. home. It's their smell. You know, they yeah. the last thing they want is some six foot three bag of blood who walks yeah. upright, looming over them <laughs> with a torch. Oh, you're a beautiful animal. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's like, it can be daunting for these poor animals. So, mm. and I think that's why they react like they do 99.9.9% of the time. That's all I can implore to people is. You know, it's not them, it's how we approach them. Mm, like I always yeah. always say, over the years of working with animals, learn to read your animal's body language if you can as well, because it, it, it will tell you a lot. Your animal will tell you an awful lot of how they feel um, and and whether they're afraid or not, because that's where, that's where it all comes from. It's all fear. Mate, all I've, fear I've, I've opened tubs and gone to my gecko. Not, okay, not today. You know, you open the tub straight away, the tail's in the air like that. You're like, well, you, yeah. you don't yeah. want to play a game. So yeah. if you go yeah. in, you try and pick that up, or if you're, if you're opening the snake's <coughs> tub and it's essed up into the corner, then you know, okay, yeah. not today. Try tomorrow. Yeah. No, and if agreed. at the end of the day, anything with a mouth will bite. That's what I yeah. say. I get yeah. people, I want to let, I want to let, oh, sorry, excuse me. <laughs> I want a leopard gecko. Oh my God. <laughs> I want a leopard gecko that don't bite. Yes, please. <laughs> Excuse me. Oh, right. I want a leopard gecko. Don't bite. I'm like they all bite. Yeah, they will all bite. Yeah, yeah. You catch them on that wrong turn. They're, they're gonna, they're gonna snap one on you. Yeah. They're not like. And it will hurt more than a snake. Yeah, and I'm telling you something now. When a gecko <laughs> bites you, and it does that little shake. <laughs> <laughs> I know the shake you're talking about. They're like sores. Their little teeth. They're like sores. But um, yeah, I, I, I've got a cat as well. You know, I've got Mia, and I always say to people, you know, they go, well, how, "How bad is it? How bad is that snake bite?" And I'll just turn around and tell them, you know, if you've ever been scratched by a cat, I'd rather be bit by a snake. Yeah. You know, cats when you get you get it gets itchy because of what cats are and what they do. But yeah, it it doesn't. I've been bit once in four years and it was a breeding female and i was feeding her and i i got totally cocky it was my own fault too many years of feeding and everything else and you get a little bit oh yeah i've done this a million if times you're in your, your rhythm like opening in looking away yeah 
come in with my tongs halfway down, like, and I'm like, yeah, she just went straight past the tongs, bit onto my hand, and there was blood everywhere. I was healed up in a day and a half. They, yeah. they do very little damage to snake teeth. They're designed to, more than anything just to grip on. Yeah, it's just gonna say it's the grip. Yeah. Yeah, they they'll cause blood and and and, and they'll, you'll have your little punch wounds, but it always you keep it clean, it heals much quicker. Much yeah. quicker than a uh, cat scratch or a, a nasty gecko bite that wants to shake its head again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they do that little like almost like a death row, like a crocodile. Yeah. And and the babies, nine times out of ten, you a feed response bite is they only hold on because it's feeding. Nine mm. times out of ten, with all snakes, and you know this can go through venomous stuff I've seen as well. They'll tag and just bounce back. They're not yeah. interested like a, like a in exerting, yeah. They're not interested in exerting all that en- energy go away into mm. fighting a, a, a human they know they're never going to be able to eat anyway. So yeah, you know, I'd I'd rather take a snake bite than a lot of other stuff. Mm, I've definitely. been bit by, especially like working with monkeys and stuff in the past and hand rearing monkeys when they get a bit amorous their their bites nasty. Even a dog, if you've been bitten by a dog, it like burns. Like hours <laughs> after. It's like come <laughs> on. <laughs> with a snake, it's like a quick it's not even like a ow. It's a it's just no. a, oh yeah. Yeah. There's been some times where you know I've seen people get tagged when you know I've been at their collections and all of that and they don't even realise to after like oh that he caught me that one with his tooth. You know it's yeah. just this one, sorry, yeah, this is a spot nose clown, a visual, visual spot nose clown, and just Beautiful. stunning. Yeah, this girl, this girl is, um, she is also available. She's just absolutely stunning. So she yeah, she's an active so one Mike, as well. Mike, Mike, she's still available. <laughs> you better get it quickly, Mike. <laughs> But yeah, absolutely adore this girl. She is she is good looking and she is getting huge now. She was like last year's snake. She's cool. she's pushing pushing three nearly three fifty now, three hundred grams, yeah. three fifty something like that. She's she's proper pushing weight. And again, you know, I know other people's snakes will probably be getting a lot bigger by now. But again, that's just because of the way I feed. Mm, feed that's how you well. do things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I say, each to their own, mate. That's it. But um. And oh yeah, I forgot this. I've got to show my energy. Sorry. Got to show this girl. This is a whole bag for now. Because I do love energy. And this oh, girl is just look at that. Quality. She's again, you don't get much pattern with energy on the side, but she's I quite like that though. The reduced patterns on the side. Yeah. Yeah, I do. Again, and like the Enchi Het Clown I showed you, it's just more exaggerated because of how it reacts with the clown. Again, mm. it's just like a, a block back. And, you know, I I, I want to get this into Kiki as well because it'll help reduce that double recessive clown genetic stripe as well, even more. And when you get the colouring that that produces as well, it's just outstanding. It really That's is. That's beautiful, mate. That's gorgeous. She's a good-looking girl. She's a very, very, very cool snake. I love the entry clown stuff. Beautiful, mate. Beautiful. Nearly as much as I love the spot nose clown stuff. <laughs> uh, but, um, let's, um, do you know what? Let's change it up for a second. Get in there, little girl. I don't know if we'll be able to see her, but this little girl. Oh, there she is. Is. 
part of what we're calling at Viddy's Pets our Purple Rain project. Beautiful. Haven't released any yet. Um, and she is she's just like that base color yellowy orange with blotches, blotches of purple. What look like drops of rain, and hence why we've gone with the Purple Rain project. <laughs> and um, yeah, so. Something to watch out for, guys, in the future. Definitely. They'll, they'll they would be cool. such idiots. To, yeah, I know. A lively one as well. <laughs> lively one. But, that, yeah, so, she's, again, tiny girl. She's like she's four months now, six months. Yeah. yeah they grow so slow. They do. They, they do grow really. You'll see the het rainwater stuff. Monstrous. I've got a, yeah. a het rainwater off a fill, and he's up to, like, 115 grams. But, obviously, yeah. he's not a visual rainwater. I just yeah. Something about the rainwaters, they do stay a little bit smaller. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. maybe maybe with lime breeding as the years go, you are obviously we, I am seeing bigger ones like you know, ten years yes. ago, rainwaters are like not like quite. Yeah, you're seeing ago. some of the bigger ones, like you say, some of the bigger ones are some of the stuff people are crossing with it. I've seen as well, yeah. like some of the, the tang stuff and stuff like that is they're they're getting them a bit chunky. Yeah, and the thing is, oh, this is what I try and say to people is over the years, we all when we hatch geckos, we, we don't tend to keep the runts or the runts die no. off or whatever. Yep. So we all naturally hold back the biggest, the healthiest, the brightest. So we're now seeing, you know, non-giant geckos, they're now going to 120s with ease. Yeah. So as we naturally line breed the best stuff, the bigger stuff, geckos are getting bigger. So we will but see I, rainwaters get big eventually. I've always, I've always been one as well that's, I've found that the geckos I breed, I always find that they're better off for me with that athletic sort of build. You know, oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. When you when they start getting too big and they get a little bit of a saddlebag and yeah. I start to find it starts to bother in the breeding a little bit. It does, hundred percent, hundred percent. And we we are seeing a lot of um, over the years now a lot of sudden deaths, a lot of yeah. no reason for the death, like. 24 hours was feeding, wake up one morning, it's dead. So, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. as, you know, even with giants, I'll be, I'll be very, very interested for somebody to... Well, you, know that, that's also, you know that's happened to me as well. So where you just... Yeah. One minute an animal is absolutely fine, a gecko's fine and part of your project and you wake up the next morning, open gone. the drawer or open gone. the lid and yeah, gone. Just you know, I'd, be, I'd be very interested to see someone open up a giant. Just have a look around the organs and stuff like that. Because of yeah. they are genetically bigger, I'm wondering yeah. if it's big gecko, small organs. That's yeah. what I'd just like to see. Because of, over the years, I have seen a lot of, mainly with super giants, there has been a lot of sudden deaths. Yeah. And what I'm getting at is with bigger females, well, you're, seeing, you're seeting females at 90 grams, massive. She's got these big boobs under her arms. Maybe, she's that's, maybe that's something. Maybe that's something we could look at then. Because 100%. You, you've got you, you and Jay have got the biggest gecko in the world. Well, there's, if there's any way to do something, is we've got the guy. I reckon. I reckon we could run that animal through a scan. Yep. And we can see the old organs and their sizes. And then what we'll do is we'll take. A random het version or just a normal that one of you have got as well. Or mm. I've got a normal, an old boy, but he's he's a normal still. And we can see what the comparison, comparable organ sizes are between the two. I'd be, I'd, I'm generally interested in that. I'm it'd be, generally... It'd be a very interesting study just to see how 
big or how small the organs are in a yeah. giant compared to your normal because everyday the weird thing about giants is is there's something there because when a lot of people don't believe in giants you see people just like a fat gecko fat gecko you think well if, if you look when because you're looking because you're looking at the sheer size you're thinking it's a yeah. fat gecko yeah. but when you've got a super giant in your hands the skeleton's bigger the head's yeah. bigger yeah. it's oh, a longer God, animal yeah. it's got bigger arms not. so yeah. when people think it's lion breath a bigger yeah 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 but it's not just weight it's the length, the structure. They've got, yeah. I call it a diamond head. So that's what I say to people. The giants, they have a diamond head. Like, you got, yeah. go with leopard geckos, you normally, you normally go through the neck and it goes into the, where the giant yeah. goes out, it goes, donk, donk, donk. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like a big diamond. Yeah. It's like, it's like the difference between a pit bull and a staff. Oh, yeah. exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. but I, I uh, can agree with you 100%. Some of the giants I've seen, some of your stuff that I've seen, some of the stuff that you picked up early on, they were just, their heads were just structured mm. different. Yeah, just different. They it's are their, their body, like, like you say, their legs. They've just got that thickness about they're just, them. They're, 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 they are. They, they. When I took, the I took players of the gecko world. That's <laughs> it. I took one to the uh, to the Guildford show. I thought I'm just going to take it. It was just display. It was Titan. Yeah. The amount of people that came up went, "Oh my god, what is that? That's a giant leopard gecko." And I, I actually convinced a lot of people. Even Jay, when Jay raised Titan, he met, Jay originally thought he didn't believe in super giant. And then when he raised, because of Titan was I gifted Jay Titan, which Jay raised that. Tell me what you think about that. And Titans yeah. ended up being the UK's biggest produced that I know of gecko, yeah. biggest produced UK gecko. And he goes to me, there is something going on there. There is yeah. uh, how quickly it's grown, the structure, everything. You know, and people they don't actually eat more, much more than your normal geckos. So there's something yeah. going on there. Yeah, it's not. It's you know. Don't get me wrong there. It's a possibility that I suppose there's some, and I've said this to you before, the way I've I've seen them, I've looked at them, I've held them. There may be some sort of, because, you know, we all know everything can be lion bread, mm. but, maybe oh, there's some sort of, but maybe there's some sort of genetic gigantism that is mm. being passed on. Yeah. You know, because like you say, some babies just look like normal geckos, don't they? They're no, not like, it's, it's a 50-50 ratio. That's what I say. If again, a 50-50 ratio for me over years, if, if if you can if you can show that, especially to someone like myself over years, there's there's a there's a good chance we could prove out that if it is a 50% ratio, that it maybe is something there that's acting like uh an in, like a, a, a dominant gene or whatever, and it just or incomplete dominant, and it's only passing that it's passing yeah. 50% of the baby. Like a max though, yeah. Steve uh, put a Steve put a post out. I think it was Tuesday last week. He said that it being him believing it's a codom. Yeah, yeah, that's what uh, I've, I've said yeah. before. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I was a strong believer of it being genetically, genetically. That would make sense because hmm. I believe that it's a fifty percent chance you've got of carrying that gene over. Yeah, yeah, like 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 a snow. It's a fifty percent. It's crazy. Crazy. I'm so looking forward to seeing what we do. I'm ho- I'm ho- I'll, I'll, oh, it'll be a dream of mine. Yeah. To I'm, I'm looking forward to watching what, what you two get up to. It's going to be awesome. It's really I'm, going to be awesome. I'm, yeah, I'm super excited. But I think we uh, better leave this uh, podcast here. I just want to say a huge thanks, Lee, for coming on. Like I said before, it's, no, an, no, it, it's my it's, pleasure. It really is it's my something pleasure. something I'll always... On oh, it's, it's honestly, mate, it's, it's, an, it's something that I'll always look back on. It's something that, you know, you never know. In 30 years' time, people might be viewing this. Do you know what I mean? 
Um, it's something that would always be there, something always be documenting. Like I say, you've always been there to help me. Always, even Jay, like we we were we were two. uh, I was nineteen. I think Jay was sixteen when we first got into this, and uh, not nineteen. I was twenty, and Jay was like sixteen. Um, so and we always had you. Do you know what I mean? To help, we've always been that shoulder. You know what I mean? Like. Um, no, I, say, I love the pair of you. You're both lovely, lovely dudes. Do you know what I mean? And and you know my door's open to both of you. Oh, mate, really appreciate it. Before we yeah. uh, shut this podcast off, uh, Lee, yeah. is there anything you want to say to anybody? Is there where can people find you? Where can they find your availability? Do they have to message you on Instagram, Facebook, all that? All that. Yeah, stuff. um, Instagram. I've got my Instagram account, obviously Viddy's Pets. Um, I have Facebook, Lee Vider. Um, yeah. which is obviously linked to it. It's, it's all animals on there. Um, uh, I have obviously my email address, which you can find through both accounts as well, mm-hmm. and you can message me through both. And yeah, that's that's pretty much how I go through getting in touch with me through the animal side. Yeah, brilliant. Well, and if anybody, and if I love you enough, I may even give you my phone number after that. <laughs> if anybody um, has difficulties finding Lee, please feel free to give me a message, and I'll direct you straight to Lee. But Again, Lee, I just want to say thank you for coming onto the podcast. Um, I'm really excited for the get the podcast flowing. What a good way to start. Um, someone who's been, you know, toying with everything, you know, like you said to me before, I've for so many years I've been working on other people's animals. I'm finally getting to the point where I'm working, you know, on a nice project for my like a collection for myself. So it's really nice to have someone like you on board, you know, with the zookeeping days and going through the stuff we talked about. So I really appreciate you, Lee, and I hope people go over to Lee and like 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 for me. Leopard geckos, ball pythons, even crested geckos, even fish. Drop Lee a message. He's got such a vast knowledge. And that's what the community is all about, is talking to one another. But yeah. thank you so I'm lot, here, Lee. I'm happy to help. And thank you very much for having me on again. It's you are. Absolute pleasure. You absolute are very pleasure. welcome. See you later, everybody. Take it easy. See you later.